0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text for today is the Gospel reading from St. Matthew, chapter 25, which I've already read. Today is the last Sunday of the church year. This day on the church's calendar is one of the things that really sets Christianity apart from the rest of the world. The world won't mark the end of their year for another month yet. Next week, when we get back together here in person, it's going to be more than appropriate to say to your brothers and sisters in Christ, Happy New Year, or Happy New Church Year. But aside from the difference in how we mark time, the last Sunday of the church year also makes Christians a bit peculiar from the rest of the world, in that this is a Sunday that we set aside, that the church sets aside, to consider what the scriptures actually say about the day of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are looking forward to the end of all things in this world and for the hope of the life to come. Unfortunately, Even in the church, there is much confusion about the Lord's return. While the Thessalonian Christians that we heard about did not have any need for St. Paul to write to them about the things concerning the end, we today have a great need to learn from the scriptures what the end times will actually look like. For instance, there are some that hold to a belief in a secret rapture, where the Christians will be removed from this world, sort of beat-me-up Scotty-style, while the rest of the world is engulfed in a great period of turmoil ahead of Christ's return. Some teach that Jesus is actually going to come and set up an earthly government here ahead of the judgment. Still others say that the modern nation-state of Israel will play a key role in the return of Jesus, and there are even some Christian groups that are lobbying for and raising funds to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem because it figures into their end-times schemes. But here, in our reading from Matthew 25, Jesus comes with a rather simple message that we should listen to. He says, Watch, therefore, For you know neither the day nor the hour. Watch. Look out. Jesus is coming, and you do not know when. However, Jesus does tell us that there are signs that we can look for. In one place, he says, Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. St. Paul, also reflecting on this, says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. One of the great signs that we should look for with regards to the last days is a multiplication of false teachers and false teaching. And those false teachers will in turn lead many astray. They will seduce them away from the truth. Interestingly enough, when you read the New Testament, the primary concern of Christ and the apostles isn't so much focused on external threats, although they are certainly mentioned. The greatest concern that Christ often speaks of, and the apostles as well, is that there is going to be false teaching that arises in the church, especially under the name of the Christian banner. Dear friends in Christ, any teaching that is in contradiction to the scriptures is dangerous because it leads us away from the true Christ. But how? Are we to be alerted to false teachers and their false teaching? Certainly a faithful pastor is important and I'm often astonished how God has called me to this important task. A Lutheran school certainly helps, but there is a subtle danger in relying only on these things because it diminishes the emphasis on who the primary teacher of God's word ought to be, and that is the father in the home. God gave that to the, or that gave that responsibility to the Hebrew fathers in the Old Testament. Saint Paul, writing to the Ephesians, says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord." The word of God needs to be foremost in every Christian home so that Christians can learn what is true and what is not. In fact, it is only through a thorough study and knowledge of the word of God that we can even begin to recognize false teaching and the other signs that Jesus lays before us, the tell of his coming. Jesus describes yet another sign for us. He says in another place, And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. In another place, Jesus simply refers to this as The distress of nations. The writer of Hebrews says that this distress or tribulation will be marked by a lack of works of love, even among Christians. Now, these things in themselves don't require very much explanation. We can look and see that they're happening, we just simply have to note that these things are indeed occurring all around us. So, what does this mean? If we see the signs of the end of the world happening, how should we interpret them? Well, Jesus says, From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that He is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Dear friends in Christ, you can look at the signs around us and see that we are, in fact, living in the last days before our Lord's return. We ought to see this pandemic and the fear that that it has spawned for what it really is, that it is God's judgment against the wicked world. God says through the prophet Jeremiah, for instance, take from my hand this cup of wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. They shall drink and stagger and be crazed because of the sword that I am sending among them. The judgment of God, then, isn't something that only happens in eternity, but is something that begins here in time, even now, as he works through the events of human history. St. Paul writes that part of the judgment of God in time is that God will simply hand over sinners to their sinful desires. Therefore, they will fall deeper and deeper into their sins rather than to turn away from them. People loved by God, Jesus sounds the warning note for us today to watch out and to be on guard for his coming because there is much that can distract us from the fact that Jesus is coming back. Now, while we cannot sit here today and try to figure out the date of his return, Jesus simply tells us that it is soon. And that ought to be enough for us. It is soon. And the point of today's parable of the five wise and the five foolish foolish virgins is that we would be made ready for his coming. The parable that Jesus told us today from Matthew 25 depicts ten virgins. He says they are the kingdom of God. They're tasked with watching for the bridegroom. That is, Christ, who is to come to his wedding feast. This is the one of one of the most commonly used images in all of scripture when it comes to describing Christ's return, a husband coming to marry his bride. However, there is something that sets these virgins apart from one another. Yes, they are described as the kingdom of God, but there is a difference between these two groups. Some of them took extra oil for their lamps, but others did not. Without the necessary fuel for the lamps, the lamps go out, which caused the foolish virgins to miss the return of Christ and to be shut out of the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus. How should we take this? Well, first... As I've already said, this is a warning to us. It tells us that it is possible for Christians to fall away from the faith. There are things that Christians can do that are harmful to the faith, and there are things that they can neglect to do that are also harmful to the faith. Absenting oneself from gathering together with other Christians around Christ's word and sacraments is chief among those things. Failure to make use of the word of God in the divine service and at home is another. Giving in to the despair and the fear of these last days is another. Basically, anything that would take our focus off of the promises that Jesus has made to us, those things, those distractions are detrimental to our faith. Dear wise saints, dear children of the light, watch out for the return of Jesus. He is coming at any moment. Instead of allowing fear to run things, let us look at the signs around us and remember what Jesus has promised us will happen after all of these days have run their course. When he comes... we will take our place with the immortal choir of saints and angels gathered around the glorious throne of our Lord Jesus. There he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There we will see our glorious Redeemer's face and he will show us how every hardship that we faced in this life, how it was preparing us for that moment, for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ and his arrival. So we do not lose heart, says St. Paul. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They are passing away. But the things that are unseen are eternal. I can think of no greater way to renew our inner being as we ponder today the coming of Christ at the end of the world than to fill our flasks with the oil that keeps our lamps burning. That is, at As this year of grace closes on us today, let us together commit ourselves once again to be people of the word of God. It is through this word that God provides a lamp for our feet and a light to our paths back to him. It is his word that lights the way to his table, which is a foreshadowing of the final marriage feast, which is to come when he returns. Pick up your Bibles. Come to the supper. Watch. He is coming, and he is coming for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding... Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.